Blog Talk Radio. Friday, once again, everyone who tuned into blogtalkradio.com's favorite sports and music program, Fanatic Radio, live in our PC studios via Radio Saigon. I'm your host, Michael Gardner, with a very special guest. Uh, of course, my normal right-hand man, uh, Ben Florence, is happily getting his Christmas break started in advance, so for uh, for now, we have the uh, the notorious uh, Mike Friel, guest hosting for us. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing great, and you know, I'm happy B-Flow once again, just... Dropping the ball, I'm happy to go slack like usual. It's like Sports Zone. It's a good time. Yeah, I know. Uh, we definitely make a lot of jazz at Sports Zone on this show. Needless to say, uh, we try to be a little more professional. Okay. Uh, but what, what can you say? How's your How's your week been? How's finals for everyone? You know, as a as a first semester freshman, it's really it's a new experience. But it's it's, it's uh, good, bad. I mean, it's hell, but it's almost over. So I guess that's pretty good. You said almost over. How many finals do you have? Left? I just have the uh, one more tomorrow. AU's great policy of having language finals being on Saturday morning. Yeah, I have a marketing Monday night, so I'm here till Ooh, Wednesday. Dang, that's rough. So I'm, I'm the last uh, last possible person that you can do it. But um, big things that happened in the week of sports, and what a great way to start off in uh, baseball winter meetings. Yeah, apparently, baseball is your uh, your bread and butter. I mean, I, I I've heard of things. So uh, so there there was one. I mean, obvious huge deal this week, and that was Anibal Sanchez going to Tigers. Not psych. It's Josh Hamilton. Josh Hamilton signed for five years, $125 million with the Angels. Shocking Rangers fans, just destroying the relationship there. Uh, I'm, Gardner, I know you're a big Rangers fan. How do you how do you take that? It's tough. Uh, I think it's because they, the Angel, apparently the Angels didn't uh, let Texas match the deal. No, that, that's actually um, the, the Angels' uh, GM, his, his operating policy is to not let potential for agents match deals with their former teams even though there was this uh, verbal commitment between Hamilton and his agent and the Rangers that any deal that was offered to Hamilton, the Rangers would be given a certain amount of time to match. Uh, Ranger GM John Daniels apparently was having a breakfast luncheon, uh, announced that there was no progress being made on Hamilton, sat down to eat, got a phone call saying he signed with the, with the uh, Angels, and then had to announce that back to the press. So, rough time. It's tough because in the past two years we've lost, you know, C.J. Wilson was a good pitcher to the Angels, and... Now we lose Hamilton to the Angels. I think it's just the fact that it's the rival team yeah. and it's in the division. It's it's tough, but apparently Daniels has done a good job of bringing in talent. I think the Rangers blew it, essentially, because they were in the World Series, what, twice? Made the playoffs three years in a row and failed to do anything productive other than make the World Series itself. But um, it's a pretty big setback because he uh, is a pretty good player. His MVP in 2011, wasn't he? I, th- I think it was. Yeah, it was in the past two years. I mean, I hope you know, for the best of them. Hopefully, Los Angeles can you know settle him down with all the off the field issues he has and uh, make him feel at home. That's a, a pretty good lineup, hitting wise. Oh, in Los Angeles, that's just that's that's absolutely nuts. ESPN came out this morning actually uh, ranking the the uh, Angels lineup. The trio of Trout, uh, Hamilton, Pujols is one of the as the best. Obviously, this off season, the best going of the season, and 
there's talk of them breaking records set by all-time greats. Just the, the, those three amazing players. Trout, just... Because he had a monster season last year, too. As, as, rookie of the year, wasn't he? As the rookie of the year, deservedly MVP. I mean, as a fellow, fellow South Jersey boy, I saw Trout play in high school. The kid's amazing. The sky's the limit with him. He really, he could be better than Pujols, who was on that team and is the best player in baseball. And then you throw Hamilton in there. It's just, it's a recipe for awesome things. Fireworks going off in that. Yeah, see, uh, Pujols didn't really have the best of years last year. It took him a while to sort of get accustomed. Do you think that would happen with uh, Hamilton, Los Angeles? I mean, I, I, baseball is such a tough sport. It, it really is. I mean, you know, other sports, you, you see more consistency, and baseball's really up and down. That that really hurts a lot of the fan base. But I think if Hamilton does go down, he might stay down. I don't I don't want to call it the former health issues he's had, addiction issues. But there is some, there is some concern with him going to the Angels that he's not going to have that same support that he had in, in Texas. And that when he – Remember, Hamilton played for the Rays before. He was a minor league for the Rays, had the drug issues. They kicked him out, ended up in Texas, and he got himself together with the help of the Texas organization. So there is that concern that if he goes down, he's going to stay down. So for his sake as a person, I really hope he doesn't have that, that downfall that Pujols had in L.A. So what do you think happens to Texas now? I, th- I mean, I, th- I think they're inspired to do even better. I mean, the Angels last the last season, you saw them add Pujols, have Trout have one of the best seasons in baseball history with 11.0 war. They still don't make the playoffs. Texas still made the playing game. They were still the better team. Yeah, I think Oakland won that division. Yeah, so, and o- yeah. I mean, Oakland, I, yeah, nobody saw that money ball in part two. Nobody saw that coming. But, um, I mean, I'm sure as a Rangers, Rangers fan, you have that real fire in your belly right now. And you got to imagine the feeling the players are having. And they, they want to fight back. And they have the, the super prospect. And Mike Holt, an offensive powerhouse, going to come up. And they still have a, a great lineup with, with Cruz and Beltre. They still have all-stars in every position. It's still... Because they have what five? They have five All Stars, five or six All Stars. Yeah, last year. I, I think the majority of the starters last year were, were Rangers, and it's it's still it's still a good position staff. It's still Ron Washington's a great guy. Nolan Ryan knows what he's doing. They've got a great fan base. I really I really don't see them having that much of an issue, but it, it will be a good race to watch. They did lose Michael Young too. I noticed that. They, where did he, where'd he end up? He ended up in, the, in Philly actually. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, did your Phillies? Just uh, just shout out for everyone. Uh, Mike, you die-hard Philly fan? Absolutely. All right. So, how did uh, how the not really the best years of the Phillies last year? But who did they get in the offseason? Well, uh, we picked up uh, Ben Revere from Minnesota, who a lot of ESPN fanatics might remember from making the. Uh, I think it was the Play of the Year a couple of years ago. That that uh, catch in center field where he he had a Willie Mays reenact, but it wasn't Play of the Year. He was it was Play of the Day for a couple a couple of weeks. But uh, he's a young guy, gets on base. The Phillies gave up a lot of pitching prospects for that, which is really depressing to see. But um, the Michael Young pickup was really, really great. A lot of a lot of Phillies fans were energized by that. They gave up a couple of no-name relievers to get him. And the thought around a lot of baseball was with Young coming in to Philly and quickly playing in Philly, having played in Texas, and Jimmy Rollins apparently being buddies with Hamilton, that Hamilton was going to sign with Philly. And there was actually uh, reports a couple of nights ago that Philly had offered Hamilton uh, 30, mil- 30 a year for three years, actually more money than, he- than he's getting in uh, L.A., but... Hamilton turned that down to go out to Disneyland. Yes, yeah, so it's um, big in the city of Los Angeles, as you may because now we go to the National League. Apparently the Dodgers made some uh, big money moves as well in the offseason. Yeah, they, they signed uh, Zach, Zach Greinke is, is now going to be the highest-paid right-hander in the history of baseball, something about $178 million over five years kind of deal. Just the city of L.A., I mean, I've never been to the West Coast myself, but I gotta imagine cities just built out of money and gold with with all with everything they're throwing at their athletes. Magic Johnson's having a field day out there running the Dodgers. They just really turn that program around too. I, it really shows that if you dump enough money on a problem, 
they can fix it. I mean, I feel like I used to try that policy with the high tuition rates, but really, you dump enough money on a problem, it'll get fixed eventually, and the Dodgers are showing that. Yeah, because they have a good team as well. Uh, Matt Kemp was injured most of the year. I think it's one of the reasons why they didn't make the playoffs. But then you have a 2011 Cy Young winner, Clayton Kershaw, right. there. You have Granke, who was a former Cy Young winner when he was at the Royals. Kemp's perennial MVP, like you said. Ethier's perennial. No triple crown, too. Right. Uh, Ethier's good for 30 home runs. They they have they have a talented outfield. They have a young, they have a good young farm system. They actually just uh, traded with the Cardinals to get the uh, World Series champion Skip Schumacher at shortstop. So that brings in some better experience. So, L- I mean, L.A. to me is really the city to watch in baseball, if not in all sports. I mean, aside from the poor Lakers this season. In all, yeah, we'll, definitely, we'll definitely get to them later in the show. Actually, no, we'll get to them now. Who we can? Any other big uh, baseball news? Who's the first guy you mentioned? Uh, Animal. Okay, well, actually, there's an interesting story here. Animal Sanchez signed, re-signed with the Tigers, five years, eighty million. There was reports last night that he was going to uh, sign with the Cubs for a match and offer. You know, Cubs fans don't really have a lot to cheer for, well, really ever. But uh, it's, it's a shame to watch. But um, it's almost as bad as the Cleveland Browns. But there really there was this idea that Sanchez could kind of bring some more legitimacy to this rotation. And it turned out those reports were a joke, and he ended up in Detroit. So, the big blow to Did the, the, uh, the World Series champs make any moves? Giants do anything over the offseason? They, uh, they really, an interesting an interesting uh, difference than when they won the series a couple of years ago, where in, uh, in in 2010 when they won the series, you know, they they didn't really work to re-sign a lot of their guys that won, which, you know, most teams won the World Series. They think, okay, what we have works. The Giants realized they kind of caught light in the bottle that year. They didn't really double down. This year, they doubled down trying to keep – Almost everybody from, this, from the roster last year, coming in next year, they signed uh, Andres Torres to a uh, two-year deal. They signed their outfielder Angel Pagan to a four-year, $40 million, $40 million deal, which is just horribly overpaying him. But the, uh, the, the champs are really looking to try and repeat, and they seem to be thinking that if they keep the same guys, they're going to have the same season, which, I mean, baseball has shown year and year repeat champs a lot. In any sport, you don't get repeat champs. You can't have the same guys do the same thing every year. Yeah, who's the guy that got um, Cabrera suspended? Yeah, Melky Cabrera. He's actually, he's in uh, Toronto right now. Um, he was a free agent. Uh, Toronto decided to pick him up because uh, Toronto, out of nowhere, decided to be the new Miami Marlins in this offseason, essentially buying or trading for half the Marlins roster, buying every free agent they can get their hands on in the first few weeks of the offseason. Cabrera, uh, like you mentioned, was suspended towards the end of last, uh, after the All-Star break last year. After being the All-Star MVP for uh, drug use, uh, PEDs, he was the batting, batting champ at the time, and he was suspended. And he actually qualified for the batting title, but requested that his name be taken out of contention because he didn't want to blemish the sport with his drug use. What a good egg. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the, uh, the Miami Marlins? Like a, a fleet 180 from what happened uh, last year. Because last year you get you know, Jose Reyes, uh, Carlos Lee. Yeah, Carlos Lee. Uh, they they had Mark Burley. Yeah. Mark, Mark Burley. They had Heath Bell, and this year, all of those guys are gone. I think at this point, every single starter in Miami Marlins from last year, except for John Carlos Stanton, is gone from the team right now. It's it's one of the largest turnovers we've ever seen in baseball history, and the uh, the vast majority of them, uh, Burley, Reyes, uh, a few other uh, bench guys, ended up in Toronto for a package prospects and uh, you know Escobar this, they'll go back to Miami which then Escobar got flipped over to uh, the Rays for some prospects so the Marlins are in a full-blown rebuilding mode uh, Giancarlo Stanton who is one of the brighter prospects in baseball is an absolute power guy actually tweeted the day of the tra- trade that he's just pissed he wants to leave 
So Miami, Miami's in a situation now. They have one good player who hates the place, doesn't want to be there, and a bunch of young guys who don't know what the hell they're doing. So it'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, that's a mess. Uh, and and uh, another big, uh, I guess, the final major trade uh, during the, uh, the winter meetings was uh, Euclid going to the Yankees. Yeah, I mean, you know, there, there's the quote from Batman, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain. And as Ichiro shows... Wait, what? You, never, you know the quote from the, bat, from the... I think it's the second Batman movie. The, like, The Dark Knight the, or... The Dark Knight, that you you uh, you die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain. Oh, like in the trailer. In the trailer, yeah. Okay, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't you Interesting know. that he's um, now on the team that the hated rivals they won the World Series with. Yeah, I'm, it's... I mean, I guess at this point he wants to win another World Series, but... It's really the same thing we saw. Where was he? He was with um. He was with Chicago, with the White Sox. Unbelievable. Absolute horrible season in Chicago. I don't know why the Yankees are paying him, whatever they're paying the place or at third base. And also the same thing with uh, Ichiro Suzuki last season, one of the biggest names in baseball. Played for Seattle for 12 years, broke all kinds of records, and then goes to the Yankees, and then actually just resigned with the Yankees uh, yesterday, turning down. He, he Ichiro absolutely. Once played with the Yankees, he turned down more money and longer years from both Philly and Boston. So he's not, he's another case of going to the bad guys as Euclid did. So who else? The Yankees. I heard a lot of people uh, turned down the Yankees. Yeah, there there was there was a before before each row and Euclid, there was a rash. Uh, Melky Cabrera, I think Hamilton was given an offer. Granky, all of them turning down the higher money, refusing to play in New York. I mean, it's a rough city to play in. The sports fans got kind of a bad rep. The team's going downhill. I think a lot of people are seeing that now. That's an aging core. They're not gonna. They're not gonna be winning World Series every year that they used to. And nobody really wants to jump on that sinking ship anymore. All right, but you know, another speaking of uh, New York, uh, big basketball game last night. Yeah. Had a chance to catch it with the New York Knicks and Los Angeles Lakers. For the Flo and I have had a lot of Lakers talk in the past couple of episodes about the uh, firing of Mike Brown, the hiring of Mike D'Antoni. The Lakers be good. The Lakers be bad. Apparently, last night was a big implication. Here's what the uh, the Lake Show said, Kobe, Coach D'Antonio, and Dwight Howard said before the game, before we get to our analysis. I have an understatement. I think we take a couple steps back, then we take a step forward, and we take five steps back. So, you know, it, we have to remain encouraged, remain determined, to try to turn that tide and take more steps forward. It's been tough for night. You know, we're not in the best shape ever. But, uh, you know, we feel like we can turn around at any point, and hopefully tonight's tonight. We need a win. So the motivation for us is to come out and believe that we can win and get one tonight. You know, I've been saying it every game. You know, we have to help each other. So that's Dwight Howard making a, uh, a rash statement saying we need to win because apparently they've been on one of the a pretty bad winning streak ever since uh, Dan Tony took over. They apparently are one and eleven. Kobe Bryant scores thirty points or more. Wow. Stat I read yesterday. And so they go to New York. Ironically, the place where Dan Tony was fired from trying to fix something. Kobe Bryant even went as far as talking with Magic Johnson and Jerry West on how to turn a team around after Kareem Abdul-Jabbar left uh, the Showtime Lakers in the 80s. Go into the Madison Square Garden where the Knicks are undefeated, and they stayed undefeated. Uh, Carmelo dropped 30 points. Uh, hot shooting first quarter, as we were talking about before the show started, and a 116-107 win. Lakers losing, still can't find an answer. And we'll start with the uh, the good. New York Knicks are the hottest team in basketball right now, aren't they? Absolutely. There's no – I mean – How are they this good? I I really – I don't know. And it's it's even without Stoudemire being who he was historically. It's, they're just riding, riding mellow all the way on this one. And the uh, they're, uh, they're standing with the big man. They have um, – Oh, Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler out of nowhere just 
crazy, crazy numbers. They're working as a team. It's it's annoying to watch. I, mean, well, I, think it's the, I think it's the Olympic effect. There's like three reasons I've come up with finally. It's the, it's one is the Olympic effect. Carmelo winning a gold medal again, a second mm-hmm. one in the last two Olympics. Uh, you know, cause you, you're riding a high wave on that. LeBron James doing the same. You know, Kobe Bryant, even as bad as his team is, him himself is doing great. You can look at the other guys as well, James Harden, Kevin Durant, et cetera, et cetera. That's a big uh, thing. Mike Woodson makes him the main man. Dan Tony wanted to get a team aspect to it. So when Mike Woodson came in about midway. Is it midway through last year? And he was yeah, playing, I, I think it was a He's a coach that lets you know, the All-Stars take over when he coached the Atlanta Hawks. That's when he had uh, you know, Josh Smith lead the team. Had a little bit of Al Horford, a little bit of uh, Jamal Crawford when he was playing there, but it was mostly just Josh Smith's team. There's a lot of young guys around him. And uh, the third thing, so the coach lets him do whatever he wants. And the third thing is uh, the players. And two of them actually are from the Dallas Mavericks championship team. Jason Kidd, yeah. who does serves this time, he averages like 26, 27 minutes a game, and he is a, a perfect point guard to serve a role. And the second, and the second player is uh, Tyson Chandler, who was defensive player of the year with Dallas. I don't, think, I don't think he was def- a defensive player last year. All defensive team won the Mavericks won the championship in 2011. And he's the big guy that Amari Stoudemire wasn't. Because Amari plays sort of a power forward, but he's not a center. I mean, he's a big guy, but he's not. And I think he's the reason why him not playing is the, the reason, reason why they're actually doing so good. And that maybe the reason they were a bottom, a, a seller for the past couple of years, they relied so heavily on him, and he really couldn't be that all-star they expected him to be. Are you surprised they're doing this as well? I mean, I don't think anybody had him picked to be the, the record they have now, and put him in a seven-game series against the Heat today. I don't, I don't, I'm not confident that LeBron's gonna take it away like you are against any other team. In the It'd be a good six-game series, not the not a sweep like we saw last year. I'm, I have to look back in the archives of this show because I definitely said in our NBA preview that they were gonna be good because Mar Stoudemire was hurt before the beginning of the year. That. Something good could be a people had people trash them, and I definitely want to play uh, a soundbite of that next show or holiday episode to uh, just show how accurate we are on this show on this program. <laughs> but on the second side of it, the flip side, Lakers are, are slowly dwindling. Everyone's putting the blame on D'Antoni, looking for answers with an all-star lineup that they're basically writing checks they can't cash. What's going to happen to the Lakers? Or what's happening to the Lakers? I mean, to me, one of the biggest faults I I take with Dwight Howard, he's he do, he doesn't have that attitude of one to win. It's obvious that he's just playing this one contract year. He said he doesn't know where he's going to sign. Uh, he, he, he's sort of testing the waters. Yeah, he he hasn't he like the idea of bringing him in. The Lakers thought he's going to he's going to be the big man, he's going to dominate, best center in basketball, and then he's going to he's going to resign. He's gonna, they're going to build their team around him and Kobe, and he's just not providing that. That leadership and that that big man punch, they really thought he would, and I think the Lakers are kind of dead on their feet without without him being there. And Kobe, I mean, Kobe's trying trying to work trying so hard to carry this team. He scored thirty points last night. He's he's trying to be a one man show, but he need Paul Gasol's out too. That's another big thing. He's uh, projected to miss his seventh game in a row tonight against our uh, Washington Wizards. Oh jeez. So I mean, if the Lakers lose to the Wizards tonight, at that point, I don't even know what to say. That that's the panic button. Uh, the Wizards are terrible. But, you know, they beat the Heat. Yeah, that's right. They did. And there's actually the story of the, uh, the Heat going D.C. clubbing before the game going to... Yeah, you showed me this the other day. Yeah, I mean, this blew my mind. There's just, That shows how confident the Heat were entering in that game. The night before their game, they're at the Huxley, and there's there's pictures of some guy on Instagram got LeBron James. He, first of all, he looks like he's asleep. He doesn't want to be there. 
it's the entire Heat team by themselves, nobody else there. They're, and like you said, they're, they seem so confident in winning, but like the Lakers are showing us right now, nothing's guaranteed in basketball. People had the Lakers picked to be the guaranteed favorite in the West, and they're showing that, you know, you can't always go to the club and still win the Lucky. next day. But, um, yeah. So, it, what's, I don't know, so you said it's Dwight Howard. I have to agree with you on that because I don't, I mean, he's, you know, he's definitely the best center in basketball. B-plus says he's currently the best Laker. He didn't, I mean, it's weird because when Kobe scored, broke his, uh, the 30,000-point mark last week, he said, uh, as of now, Dwight Howard's the most talented Laker. Now, I guess you make that sense okay. to the youth and all that, but uh, it's interesting. Cause I feel like a lot of people are saying, I think what's going to come first, Steve Nash coming back from the Lakers winning or D'Antoni getting axed? I think I'm gonna I'm gonna come back with Steve Nash coming back and winning because I you can't you can't fire two coaches before Christmas like that's that that's just such a joke of a franchise and they're gonna if they're gonna ask Antonio this quickly they need to give it I hope least, they don't I know I I don't he doesn't he did, he's not he's not a bad coach he's got he's got a good record he I mean New York wasn't top of the East with him but they still were a passable team and he like he has the tools there he's he's they they, they won the first. The one that like first like three or four games and he coached the Lakers this season like he yeah he showed that he can win he just needs his whole lineup back he needs Gasol back he needs Nash back they need to have their big guns and they don't have them right now but I, I definitely don't blame the coach for that yeah I was gonna say having a healthy team definitely helps uh, of course losing to these bad teams of course when you when you bring in guys like Howard and Bryant and Gasol and whoever Meadow yeah. World Peace oh. is he your favorite I mean. I, I can't think of that name without thinking of the, the clip of him Metal World Peace and Harden last year. I just, oh. But um, you, you have a, you're going to have a target on your back every time. I think that's what the Lakers are experiencing. That's why they're losing to these really bad teams. I mean, wouldn't be surprised if the Wizards gave them a good game. But uh, apparently uh, rumors were this week, the Washington Post reported that you mentioned, I'm glad you mentioned, Mike, that the, uh, the elbow. Apparently the Wizards could have gotten James Harden. They could have traded Bradley Beal and uh, Chris Singleton. So uh, it's a little uh, interesting tip from our good friends at the Washington Post. But, but uh, reaching the halfway point of the show, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, it will be our weekly conversation. Carly Edgerton, Jacqueline Osbach, Claire McDougall, the American University field hockey team will join us. Stay with us. It's the uh, younger generation of Mike and Mike. <laughs> Fanatic Radio on blogtalkradio.com.
We got Sitar from uh, Ravi Shankar. He's uh, died yesterday, and for those of you that don't know him, this is a shout out to uh, all the old listeners that we have. Uh, it was a guy that originally taught uh, George Harrison how to play, yeah, the Indian sitar. Are you, yeah. are you aware of this this instrument? Like, yeah, you know, the traditional Indian music. Passed away yesterday, and uh, I just want to say rest in peace to him. Apparently, he is the father of a pop singing sensation, Nora Jones. You know Nora Jones? Really? Huh. Uh, fun fact on that, she he is her dad, and so I speak for him. Also, we have Fanatic Radio wants to give a quick, uh, quick shout out to the victims of the uh, Connecticut Elementary School shootings. Know that we are always there with you, and the nation is surrounding supporting you. So, uh, Mike Friel, Michael Gardner, we are back here on Fanatic Radio, BlogTalkRadio.com's premier sports music program. You can call at six four six five nine five three one three seven. Program is brought to you by Wall and the Radio Program from Parker and Gamble. Uh, my name is share a photo of a good friend of mine, Connor Mancuso. He's going abroad next semester, but he made one last effort to uh, support the cause of two good, two good friends of ours posing with Procter & Gamble, like Old Spice or Balanced Detergent or whatnot. But uh, before we get back into sports, more sports, uh, weekly conversation. Three girls on the field hockey team. Now, how many? what, what sports did you play in high school? Uh, I played tennis and basketball and volleyball. And did you ever think you played volleyball? Yeah, I wasn't very good at it. Uh, I took a volleyball class this oh, semester. Okay. A lot of fun. These three girls: Carly Atchison, Jacqueline Oswald, Claire McDougal, uh, sophomore, junior, and a freshman, respectively. Play field hockey. So they play field hockey at AU, and in a, and they I mean they go through enough rigorous endurance anyway. But uh, you know, during the season and spring training and all that. But they decided to volunteer and run the Navy Lid Lifter, which is the women's indoor track event, to uh, keep up with their fitness. And they sat down with us earlier this week and to join us on our weekly conversation. How did you guys get involved with the track team? Just Was it like one of you guys' ideas saying, you know, we want to give this a try? or? like that. Yeah. She sent an email that asked if we wanted to, if we had anybody who would be interested in running in the naval, what is it, like the lid lifter or something? Yeah. yeah. The, the thing, and we kind of like a joke, I guess Steve was like, more running, ha ha, but the three of us were like, no, we're no, not. Exactly. <laughs> and well, everybody on our team, it was like a, just like a group email, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, you should do like a relay team, like yeah. three of us should do it, and just do it. Just couldn't do it. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Try the relay. <laughs> so you guys volunteer for it? We yeah. volunteer. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do it? Are you gonna guys are you gonna keep doing this over the like during spring semester? I would. I want to, yeah. I, want to. I don't really know how it works though. Because it was just like we signed up for just like a one time thing. Yeah. So I don't know like but I don't know we're 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 yeah, we're 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 like, yeah, to make sure so we get to check out the uniform. Yeah. The track coach was like, oh, yeah, I'll do it again. Yeah, they were saying, like, we might need you guys to travel with you or something. Wait, who's, who's your guys' track coach? It's Central, right? Or? Bridget. Bridget was with us. She's the one that yeah. emailed you guys? Yeah. Yep. So did you guys practice with them before this Navy event? No. No. <laughs> we just kind of... 
So that first day, was that the first time you, like, the, the track team knew? Did they know in advance that you guys would be running with them? I think they knew people were going to come. I don't think they knew who, because I was yeah, there, like, hi, my name's Carla, I'm running with you. I'm your teammate. I'm your teammate now. Was it mixed feelings for them, or? No, they were really excited. They, they like, literally thanked us, like, probably ten times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were so nice. Yeah. Was this event what you guys expected? Yeah. yeah. Well, all of us have run before, so I think, I mean, like, the Navy itself was cool. We've never been there, so there were mm-hmm. a lot of teams that have never traveled there, but it's pretty much what I was thinking it would be. Yeah. Yeah, some of the girls that, well, we they, they weren't in our heats, but some of those girls were, like, super fast. Yeah. <laughs> But we weren't, I don't mean, I wasn't, like, completely turned off by, like, oh, my gosh, so much faster. It was just, like, we should have more training. Yeah. Which is kind of why I want to do it again. So I'm, like, yeah, I could beat that. I'm, like, well, scared. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I noticed you ran in the, like, the 60-meter dash. Yeah. Were you, like, prepared, or did you know that was, like, one of the toughest events? Well, no, I mean, I, when I ran in high school, I ran the 55. I could only run indoor because I played soccer at spring. So I ran the 55, the 300, and the 4 by 2 relay. So um, that was, like, my thing was, like, that short sprint. And I did some practice with block with Jake the prior two days, and then I just kind of, like, went for it. But probably not my best race ever. <laughs> what, and you, what event did you run, Jacqueline? The uh, uh, 400 and the 4 by 4 was that what you expected? Yeah, well, <laughs> the we got first, yeah, the first one I ran, I ran the because it's like an indoor track, so it's two laps for 400, and I ran the first lap like way too fast. And I was a little burned out in the second one, but the second time I ran the 400 in the relay, I kind of had it down more. So it was because it's just different. We like since we just run one lap, and like so used to like I don't know pushing myself. And you get halfway, but it was like, oh, I'm done one lap, but I have to. <laughs> so you're winning after the first lap? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> and then, you know, they knew not to go fast like that <laughs> And then they were able to like, just come up. It was close. Uh, Claire, what event did you run? Mile. How was that? It was good. After I used to run in track. She's being humble. She ran like, what did you, what did you win? You won state. No. Never. But was that this recent event? Was that the first time you guys, you guys ran in a competitive track meet since high school? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it like? Yeah. Was it like a wake up call for you guys? As in like, I'm not a place. Yeah. <laughs> When you put it like that, um, I don't know. I guess, but kind of. I feel like track meets are all like everybody has their own like sort of swagger routine yeah. going on. So you, just, you can kind of fake it, like you know what you're There's supposed so to be doing. There's so many people doing their own thing. Yeah, they don't really notice you until you're on the track. But <laughs> <laughs> that's too obvious. We had our spikes and everything. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's true. Nobody would know. On the schedule, the next event is at Navy, which you guys plan on doing that again as sort of revenge for what happened.
Uh, yes, it depends on um, like the timing of it and what our coach wants us to do. Because obviously, our first priority is hockey. But if it doesn't conflict with anything we have going on and our coach is okay with it, then yeah, 100% I'll do it. So is this like a side thing? It's you guys are in spring training for field hockey, and then oh, it's, I can run track if I want to. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But we probably take. I mean, I don't know. I take it way more competitively than I should. Like before the meet, we were all like super nervous. Like, awesome. oh my god. Like I hope both were like, we're not even here, really. Like we're just going to the training for this. We're just kind of yeah, like, yeah. Like, I like, was like comparing my like times, like what. I like, would be getting if I was running track, and I was like, oh my god, if I'm not training, I was like, wait, well, yeah, I don't really run track right now. Yeah, um, yeah. the training is so much different, so you think, like, oh, we're in shape, so we can just, like, hop on the track and be fine, but the, like, and the training is just so much different, so, yeah. I don't know. We might be better off in the spring, like, actually. Like, the taller, yeah. probably would help you in track. Yeah. <laughs> so you would have to do, like, like it too. a bunch of speed work, and we do a lot of, like, Long or like repetition, repeats. Yeah. Is it weird going from a team sport to an event where you're by yourself? I thought it was weird. Like even like the dynamic, just like going there, it's everybody's just kind of doing their own thing. Like I mean, I don't know. Usually we're just like so much together, and then like we warm up together. And we're just all thinking about like just playing all at once. But like when we got there, my run like wasn't even for a while. So other people are like off warming up or something. Yeah. Okay. And then Claire, you're only a freshman. Is it, I guess, I wouldn't say insane, but that you're doing two D1 sports. <laughs> is that a good thing for you? I noticed that you two ran the, a relay together. Yeah. How was that? Fun. It was really fun. <laughs> we were practicing our handoffs. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think. Well, I don't know why they put us as the two last legs because usually. Lots of anger in. Right. <laughs> so I don't know why they did that, but I really liked it, and I think if we trained a little more, I swear. It was like the most fun event. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So I see you guys like training on the track outside. Um, actually, if they ever ask me to do it again, I might, but like not like in blocks. But I don't think I'll do like. Well, maybe. Yeah, we do our own track workouts. Yeah, I don't have to see. Like, I would have to start training for different things. Well, I don't know how much we can do because we already do so like our so much on our body and feel happy. Yeah. So if we were to like, work out then it's going to be like That'd be overload. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is this something that you could encourage your teammates to do? Or were you guys the only ones that wanted to do it? Everyone else was like, This isn't for me. No, I think Yeah, it's all that. Yeah, I think so. she only didn't do it because she had class or something. But I think, yeah, I think the people who just want to do it, yeah, yeah Jess has to run, and Isabel is just super fast. I think just we're just competitive people, and I think that that just makes us want to do whatever we can. Mm -hmm. An opportunity to be the best at something will take it.
Yeah. Sure. There are also two girls on the soccer team that are doing this as well. Right. How how are you guys sort of gelling with them, like going through the same experience? Yeah, Damien and Kelly were really nice. And is this a trend you guys could say you started? Because I don't think I remember anyone else doing something like this. Unless, is this is there someone that's ever done? Not at once. I mean, Aaron went to the soccer track after she graduated. Yeah, I don't know. Certainly will take credit. What's Steve's thoughts on this? Is he happy for you guys? Or is he able to do anything? Um, I don't know. What I'm just asking is, like, you know, how was it, and kind of joking around about it, but I don't think that he is a fan of, like, I don't think he was me getting into, us getting into it. Yeah. yeah, I don't think so at all. I don't know that he's not, like, don't do it, but, because if he didn't want us to do it, he wouldn't have told us about it, but I don't think that he wants us to, for it to become, like, regular. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was definitely excited about it, though. Yeah. Like, the day of, and, like, during the meet, it was, like, texting us. Yeah, how to go. He was pretty supportive. Yeah. That. Just as long as we don't get to the point where we're like, I can't change the hockey. Yeah. Is it good having a coach that's supportive like that? Yeah. He's always been like that though, like in anything we do. Yeah, any aspect. He'll support us. Probably he's kind of like, I mean, you can't help but being like a little proud if you're a little bit <laughs> yeah. dumb enough yeah. for it. They did two sports. Uh, condolences to them. Hopefully they can do it again. January 12th is the next time. They're, ironically, it's at, uh, it's at Navy. So, oh, that's, that's pretty fitting. Uh, and as mentioned on AVEagles.com, the, uh, the relay team that Jacqueline and Carly were part of, it's the third fastest time in school history. So either it's, they are very good at what they do, or our track team is just needs all the help they can get. I'd like, I'd like to think it's a positive of both sides. I think we have an amazing track team, like every other amazing athletic program we have at the school, but I think they're just really good athletes, naturally. Did you go to the uh, men's basketball game, though? I mean, not the best performance against Columbia. But uh, they actually play Georgetown and Hampton next week. The Georgetown team, that is, I wouldn't say firing off cylinders. Hey, you could possibly pull off the upset. With the, uh, the way Georgetown's been playing. I mean, Georgetown has been struggling to score lately. Because you and I were at the uh, Tennessee-Georgetown oh, game. Oh, man. I said on SportsZone it was one of the worst basketball games I ever went to. Do you agree with the same? Or is it just a fact, a fact that they like neither team could you know, shoot themselves out of a paper bag? I mean, if I told myself I was going to watch like a regular game, that probably would have been one of the best games. But for a, for a college basketball game with Georgetown of all teams in it, that was, that was absolutely an atrocious game to watch. They've been a very up-and-down team, but surprisingly with one loss, which is really interesting. They, they had, that, had that disaster of a game. Held Texas to their lowest-scoring performance uh, in the Jimmy V Classic in, in Madison Square Garden, I believe. Because they ended up scoring it was like 80-40 to 40 or whatever. And they won 46-40 against Towson, killed Longwood, so it's been back and forth. I, they played Western Carolina, definitely have to get a score update on how they did yesterday. But speaking of yesterday, do you watch First Take at all? Uh, I I'm a fan of it occasionally. Yeah, the show on the uh, the Empire, as our boy Dan Patrick likes to say. <laughs> uh, I don't. I I think the people on it are you know it's it's not really well 
It's more of a pop culture show, much like Sports Nation. Are you a Sports Nation fan? You know, I used to be I used to be a big Beatle Bailey fan, but uh, she's gone now. So. Well, I don't like that show because of Colin Coward. Uh, not nothing against him. Just I don't know. I have, I have my views. He has his. Uh, because a lot of the shows, like that show as well, it's not that we don't like the fans. We support the fans on this show as well. I think you know ESPN tries too hard and mixes journalism with ratings. Yeah. And that's where you get Sports Nation. That's where you get two chains as a guest. Mm. Or um, Stephen A. Smith as an analyst. But um, interesting, as our good, as our good colleague uh, Ben Florence also tweeted about, uh, a guy from the ESPN New York, Rob Parker, said this about uh, DC's own uh, Robert Griffin III. Talk to some people down in Washington, D.C. And my, my question, honestly, friends of mine, right, tour around and in some of the press conferences, people I've known for a long time. But my question, which is just a straight, honest question, is he a brother or is he a cornball brother? Which what does that mean? Yeah, explain that. Well, he, he's not really, okay? He's black, he kind of does the thing, but he's not really down with the cause. He's not one of us. He's kind of black, He's in the, but, but he's not really, like, the guy you really want to hang out with because he's off this summer because that's just how I... I want to find out about him. I don't, I don't know because I keep hearing these things. We all know he has a white fiance. And there was all this talk about he's a Republican, which I, there's no there's no information at all. I'm just trying to dig deeper into why he has an issue because we did find out with Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods was like, I don't want to, don't, I got black skin, but don't call me black. So people got a little wondered about Tiger Woods early on about him. Now that's different because to me, that's very urban and makes you feel like I think he would have a clean cut if he was more straight laced or not. Like uh, wearing braids is you're a, you're a brother. You're a brother. Man, that's the reason why I don't watch that show. Do you believe he actually said that on live television? I really, I I want to say he didn't know he was he was on live TV, but oh I, I I really it blows my mind that, that people can get away with saying this on national air. We we well, we can go on. For, I mean, I can go on for days about this, about you know how the Empire has no control over those shows, how they're just starving for ratings. Because apparently Stephen A. Smith and Beeflo broke this as well. We talked about it. Uh, Stephen A. Smith dropped the N word the second time in his you know his ESPN career on the same program. But uh, his other question is asking, you know, is he a brother? Not the fact that uh, is he good? Is he good? Is he healthy? Is he going to play this weekend after the, uh, the win against the New York Giants? Apparently his Delphi says his dad says he's. Play. Uh, a, a credible source yeah. of Mr. Griffin II, I'm guessing. But, um, yes, yeah, I thought the world would like to get because we won't say anything like that on this show because we just like Robert Griffin for the player he is. Are you an RG3 fan? I'm a, I'm a huge, huge RG3 fan. I mean, I'm not, I'm not as a big a football fanatic as yourself, Mike, but... Oh, I don't, I'm not a big NFL follower, but... Living in D.C., you really, you really get absorbed. I like RG3. Texas boy from Houston, outside yeah. of Houston. I uh, went to Baylor, won the Heisman. And, uh, not the best of it. It's interesting. Uh, we got another Texas boy winning the Heisman again this year. <laughs> but uh, who do they play this week? Uh, Good old Washington. Play Cleveland. So that uh, could be an easy win. Because uh, they have played two uh, tough games. A division game against the Giants. And a a close game last week against the Baltimore Ravens. Who uh, So Beeflo says that they could possibly win the division. Of course, they have to win the division. They can't really sell for a wild card. Otherwise, that'd be bad for them. But I just made the idea that that guy said that. Apparently, ESPN said they suspended him indefinitely, which is another beef I have because I don't understand why he wasn't fired. 
Yeah, I really ESPN is really losing control over its employees, and I, to a certain extent, hire us. To a certain extent, exactly. I mean, I wouldn't. I personally, I'm about you. I would never say anything like that. If you're going to pay me that kind of money to be on national television, I'll say whatever you want me to say. But I, at a certain point, you almost think the empire wants their people to say these things and get the kind of publicity because it just it happens so frequently, and the, the punishments they're they're so weak and they're so disproportionate. They they just they randomly throw throw out harsh ones, but and there's things like this where he's just suspended indefinitely. There's no fire and there's no fine. There's no investigation or anything. It's interesting how yeah, I like it how they they suspend Tony Kornheiser. We're talking about uh, Hannah, what Hannah Storm is wearing for two weeks without pay, and uh, and then Stephen A. Smith gets a slap on the wrist for dropping you know a racial slur. But whatever, we're, we're done with that. No more ESPN talk for the rest of the show. Because right. NFL. Your Eagles not doing so well. No, uh, on a downward spiral, losing again to the Cincinnati Bengals. That that was a that was a really interesting game last night. I mean, they they I think they set a few records last night for uh, four out of five plays resulted in uh, four out of five offensive plays by the Eagles resulted in the other team scoring, which is is almost they they managed to give up a so like pick sixes and fumbles. Or? Yeah, it, it was it was they turned a three point lead into a twenty one point deficit with five offensive plays in under, like, four minutes of actual ball time, which is almost a record in the NFL for just absolute atrociousness. All right, well, let's see how I'll go there. Uh, Mike Friel in the studio. Bringing down the NFL, we did start at the Washington, uh, would beat the Browns. Green Bay at Chicago, b Flow's packed, taking on a Bears team that apparently they lost four in a row. They were 8-1 eight, eight at one point. Oh, they've lost a good, a good chunk of their games. But it's at Soldier Field. And the last time these two teams played, uh, Green Bay embarrassed the Bears on Thursday Night Football. So Definitely going to be a good game. People are saying Lovey Smith on the hot seat. I don't understand why. They still have their own destiny to make the playoffs. Who do you think would win this game? Uh, I'm, I got to go with Chicago, looking looking to uh, avenge their, re- their recent losing streak and really get back on track. It's a, it's a good team. Any team with Jay Cutler on it has got a chance to win any in any game. And I'm really looking for, for a good solid offensive output from uh, Chicago. Green Bay's got a great defense. Probably going to be a low-scoring affair, but I'm looking for Chicago to sweep this one out. I mean, they've lost... They're not a bad team. I don't understand why everyone's so down on the Bears. They lost to the, the, you know, the 49ers, who had one of the best defenses. The leading sack... Uh, Allen Smith, right? That, that his name? Yeah. Uh, leads the league in sacks. You know, a Seattle team that I think are going to make the playoffs in their division. They lost in overtime, let alone regulation. Uh, a Minnesota team after they had a home and away of two weeks. And the Houston Texans were one of the best teams in the AFC. And they've all, they've all been tight games. Even losses, with the exception of San Francisco, none of the losses have been more than 13-point blowouts. I mean, it's, it's not that they're getting run, run off the field. They're just there's just a few plays that aren't going their way, which is going to happen over the course of any NFL season. Of course, Walker's still hurt, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's, he's no, still I, think, I, think, you know, I think he's out. So Interesting for the NFL. Uh, that's pretty much it. Do you know anything about Bounty Gate? Uh, apparently... Vilma and Goodell are at it again. No, I didn't, I didn't hear about this. What's, what's up no with that? No idea. I don't know. Just reading something in USA Today about okay. uh, Tag sort of pardoned Vilma for all the uh, former commissioner. Really? I don't know. I'd love mm-hmm. to get B-plus take on that. Yeah. Go to his blog at bplus360.com, which will bring that clown back on the show uh, <laughs> later. But uh, sat- last Saturday, uh, I would say history was made, but an interesting uh, fight. No, not a brawl or anything like that, but a boxing match. Manny Pacquiao gets KO'd by uh, Rafa, uh, Juan Manuel Marquez in the sixth round. It's the second, first time since '99 Pacquiao has been KO'd. 
you get any, did you get a chance to watch this fight? Uh, no, I, ca- I mean, I caught some of the highlights, and it, it, it looked like a good fight. I mean, any fight with Pacquiao is a good fight, even if he goes down the sixth round. But obviously, I just talking to the, the boxing fans, I do know nobody expected Pacquiao to get KO'd. And, I mean, I, I, in a way, maybe it's good for boxing. I mean, if the, guy, if the same guy is going to keep – if Pacquiao keeps winning over and over again and he, and he keeps this success, eventually people are going to stop watching. They know he's going to win. Now there's more of that element. The next time he fights, it, it's that comeback story, and it's going to get even better ratings for boxing. Well, what happens to him now, though? Because he lost to um, – she was that guy's name. Uh, for, uh, he, he lost. He, I mean, yeah. We're going to find out. Hold on. But what do you think happens to him now? He's lost two in a row. He gets, he gets KO'd. Uh, people are saying he's slow from the you know stuff with Congress and what he's been doing. But uh, what happens to Manny Pacquiao? Are we ever going to have the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight that we have desperately uh, been craving? You know, I think it's time for Pacquiao to change his religions. No, I'm just kidding. We're not, I'm not trying to get religious in this show. There's actually... There's the guy's only like, like 33 years old. I mean, he still has some mileage on him. Granted, he's no De La Hoy. Fox is still, he's 50. But Timothy Bradley lost his uh, welterweight title. Now, that was a you know, 12th round, so that was uh judge's decision. But then he gets KO'd. So he's sort of on a, a downhill slope of his career. He wants to fight Marquez again. But I think now would be the best chance for a uh, Mayweather-Pacquiao yeah, fight. That the, the the focus is, is so much of Pacquiao now and what, and what he still has left in the tank. This is definitely a time for the boxing establishment to capitalize on all this attention and get him and Mayweather in the ring and get, get the fans in the seats. Mayweather's still undefeated. He fought... We can get him on this one. He uh, undefeated one. Still is. Apparently his boy 50 Cent uh, is a promoter now. His boxer won the other day. But Mayweather beat Cotto, who Pacquiao actually did beat. So, and that was back in May, the MGM Grand. Pacquiao fought uh, recently, recently in December. I could see a fight in the future, because... That way Mayweather can carry in his, you know, middleweight title, all the praise and whatnot, on a very weak Manny Pacquiao. So, who knows what happens to that? Apparently his mom is mad because uh, for uh, like change religion. So I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, so close to the holidays, we know how important family is. We all know how how powerful mothers can be, and how annoying they can be when they're nagging you in your ear. I could. Reason he got KO'd, he's just so distracted by by his mom. Uh, once again, you can go listen to Carly Atchison, Jacqueline Onspach, Claire McDougal interview on the podcast on iTunes. If uh, uh, thank you all the live viewers listening, once again, catch it on iTunes as a very special anniversary. I've been very excited to play this clip. It has to be a tip as they throw it out the basket. Talking, we mentioned that an alley oop can't go. One tenth of a second. Is it going to count? It is going to count. It is going to count. Yes, it is. That's our boy Gus Johnson on the call. Back when he worked at MSG, that's how old it was. Uh, 2006, David Lee won a double overtime against the Bobcats when he was playing with the Knicks. Uh, the, the last time someone to score was 0.1 seconds left on the clock. Obviously, there's the an interesting Michael Jordan was in attendance for that because apparently there was a game he played against Utah Jazz where it's point one seconds. Physically, it's not enough time to catch the ball and shoot. So as Gus said, had to be a tip, and it actually was. Happy anniversary to uh, David Lee. It was actually on the twentieth, but of course we will not be on the air because that's the 
Thursday, I believe. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna round down and call this the anniversary today. So happy anniversary. Exactly. David Lee's with the Warriors now, isn't he? I I I, uh, I think though, so we can get our uh, professional researchers on that. But I, I I believe he's with the Warriors. Oh, right they beat the of course they beat the Wizards. I mean, who hasn't beat the Wizards besides the Heat? Uh, I'd love to, I'd love to see the uh, Wizards beat the Lakers just to make it even worse for them. But. But of course, now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to end the show. Our critically acclaimed segment this is Tweets from Flow. Basically, we go to twitter.com slash bflow360, looking what in the world is going on with our boy Ben Florence. He actually hung up with me during the interview, or not the interview, yeah, during our uh, commercial break, saying he was very busy. But uh, of course he's busy. He's on the blog. He's posting on Twitter. It's interesting, though, this is the first episode that we've had uh, Tweets from Flow where he has actually not been here to explain. So we... Real Deal and Mike Gardner will try to dissect what is going on in the world of Ben Florence and let's find a good tweet that he had recently. As we mentioned last week, he had the contest going, two things going on for contest for Ben Florence. First thing is those that uh, the uh, background of his Twitter is changing rapidly. And if you could send us in and write to us at uh, Fnatic Radio, Washington, D.C., etc., etc., or send us an email or post it on the fa- uh, Facebook. Uh, a prize will be in store for uh, the new Welcome 2013. And another thing is we're trying a, a petition to get B-Flow 360 of uh, the blue checkmark certified because we found in recent episodes that there's another B-Flow out there. Really? Not as good. But most of it... Big break on the uh, 13th. B-Flow says maybe getting a new phone later. For, uh, for those of you that don't know Ben, much like we do, he has an old school phone. It's it's one of those that came out in like 2005, 2006. That was the new face of technology before smartphones came out. So it has the keypad on the front, and it's one of those you can slide open. He can't receive pictures. Limited to on his text. He says it's crap. So that's a funny tweet from him. He's been on the blog post. He actually uh, tweeted a lot of stuff about what we've said today. He uh, I, uh, he attended the 1212 uh, concert apparently, or saw it at least. The uh, the, um, yes, what was it? That was the uh, Sandy Relief. Yeah, that was, that was Sandy Relief. A lot of big names got together in, uh, in MSG to, to provide relief for the for, for the Jersey Shore from New York that got so devastated by Sandy. And Ben apparently went on a tweet and spree during that. Uh, a good one, Live and Let Die, such a classic tune. A questionable one here, which I wish we had him here to explain. Did, did his hair catch on fire? I think it did. Uh you know, I just met Ben this year, but i got to say he's really got a complex mind. I'd, I'd love to really know who that was referring to. He definitely does. He's all over the place on this show. We love him, though. Did you get a chance to watch it? You know, sadly, I didn't. I I, uh, I had finals week, but I definitely, that's top of my list going home, is to watch a, a, a rebroadcast of that concert, because that really, that's that's such a great thing for all these stars to get together and, and work such a great cause. And, and as a Jersey resident, somebody who frequents the shore, it's really it's a thing that hits close to home, and I know it's the same thing for B-Flow and a lot of people here at AU, and it's, it was really a great concert and a great event, and I'm, I'm happy for Ben that he could have been there or at least tweeted about it. Yeah, see, a lot of, uh, we're going to find out, who actually was at this concert? Uh, I, I know Alicia Keys, Paul McCartney was there, The Who were there, uh, Nirvana, Billy Joel was there. Uh, I, I saw Kanye West was there Kanye as well, West. yeah. A huge star-studded lineup. That's very cool. Apparently, uh, you go to facebook.com slash Fnatic Radio and look at the uh, interesting picture of Kanye West in a school leather skirt, is what uh, the rumors are saying. But, 
Oh, apparently also, I'm seeing Diddy. People are a huge Diddy fan. Because he wanted to fast forward through it. So, good for that. He really, he really tweeted a lot about his concerts. He's a mess. But uh, a final uh, send-off this is for the uh, soccer fans out there. David Beckham officially retired from the MLS. Here's what he said after winning his second MLS Cup with Los Angeles Galaxy. It's just an amazing day, you know, to obviously win it last year. Here in our stadium, in front of our fans, was special. Obviously to have it here again this year, and obviously it'll be my last game, but more importantly, win it for our fans, in front of our people, in front of our families, our friends. It's very special. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm still going to play. I'm still going to continue to play. Obviously it won't be here, but... You know, I love this. I love this club. I love the fans. Everything to do with this place has been amazing. I want to thank everybody in the U.S., the fans, the people, um, because it's been an amazing journey and one I've thoroughly enjoyed. My commitment stays the same to the MLS. I might not be playing here anymore, but my commitment stays the same to grow this league and to continue to have days like this. You know, look at this this, this crowd. It truly is a, an amazing day. The stock has done a lot for me here in the States as well. You know, I've learned a lot from being here. I've learned the people love this game here and the people love being successful here. Um, and it's been it's been a proud moment for myself to be part of this. Are you a Beckham fan? Uh, you a soccer fan? I'm not, really, I'm not really a soccer fan, but I, I mean, as a sports fan or as as an American, you, you, I can acknowledge who David Beckham is. And it's, it's really, that was really a class performance he put on. And it's it's a shame to see him go, but... Six years, apparently, he's been with the league. And I only saw him once, and that was actually not in Dallas, my hometown, my hometown, Team FC Dallas. But uh, here in D.C. at RFK, I got to see him play the uh, D.C. United. He did really well this year. But, of course, that'll do it for Fanatic Radio. As uh, we will sign off, not for the final time this year in 2012, we'll be back next week for our Christmas episode. Hopefully you can join us again, Mike. If you uh, want to do it via cell phone or whatnot, hopefully our tech team can get it stopped. But quick thing, though, bowl game starts this week. Uh, we'll go bowl by bowl. Glenn, New Mexico Bowl, who do you got? All right, I'm, I'm going to take uh, Nevada for that. Too much offensive firepower. I'm going to have to go with D-Flow in this one. I like what I saw when Arizona almost blew it and beat Arizona State. I know Potato Bowl. I didn't even know it was a bowl game. Toledo, Utah State. I'm, I'm going to take Toledo. Yeah, uh, Mac, Flow is all about the Mac teams. I don't know why he chose yeah. something else. And uh, Thursday on the 20th, the point settable, BYU-San Diego State. I'm going to make a clean sweep and go against BFO in all three. I'm, I'm going to take BYU in this. All right, and our favorite, the BFO Brady's Bowl, Central Florida and Ball State. BFO likes the Knights. We'll go with Ball State. Yeah. Because that is what we do on this show. It's a very scientific process to go against that. Exactly. But once again, for all of us here on Fanatic Radio, go to Facebook.com slash Fanatic Radio. Like the page, blog talk. Radio.com slash Fanatic Radio to listen to the show's podcast on iTunes. Don't forget to call in next week, 646-595-3137. Real deal. Notorious Mike Real. I'm Michael Gardner saying so long. Happy Friday and happy holidays. You don't hear from us.